0: where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? muscle, bone, and organ of our bodies are wrapped and connected by an intricate, sentient, fibrous membrane known as fascia. This membrane is an enigma It's partly gelatinous and partly fibrous. It has tiny micro spindle fibers, almost like spiderweb, that hold it all together and give it tensile strength and memory. Fascia stores information and it holds and protects the entire form and function of our bodies. This connective tissue exists everywhere from the top of our head to the bottoms of our feet. And if you ever question the importance of the health of this membrane, you can uh, reflect on the symptoms of plantar fasciitis. If you've ever had it or know anyone who has, this is when the membrane at the bottoms of our feet, the fascia at the bottoms of our feet become inflamed and it's incredibly uncomfortable and it takes a long time to rehabilitate because once the fascia gets into a position and holds that position, it takes a long time to retrain it to hold itself and to hold our bodies in a different way. So why are we talking about fascia today? Well, last week we talked about trauma and empathy and the ways that we use our empathetic mirror neurons to be hypervigilant and to scan the room and to try to keep ourselves safe Well, this week we're going to talk about a similar pattern in the human body, but this time as it reflects in our physiology. So our fascia, as I said, it holds memory because it is memorizing the repeated use, the repeated function of our body, and it's shaping itself to shape the form of our body to reflect the way which we typically move, the posture that we typically hold. And so as our body moves habitually in the same ways, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, the fascia gets tighter in some areas and looser in others. It holds And thickens in our defensive posturing. And it loosens and becomes fluid in our opening. And the fascia in that way solidifies and holds the patterns of our lives. Turning thought form into physical form over time. I've spent the past few days paying attention to my own posture. How I hold my body how I move my body, to understand the sorts of messages I'm sending to my own fascia. What do I want it to remember? What do I want it to hold? And it has been startling. I spend most of my time sitting in a posture that is not fluid and open and easy, but more rigid and Focused, sitting over a computer, sitting with a phone in my hand, sitting with a book in my hand. So my elbows are bent. My head is leaning forward. My shoulders are slightly rounded. And my fascia is remembering that posture. And so if I don't actively move in other ways, to increase my range of motion over long periods of time, my ability to move in new ways will be limited and restricted because my fascia will have memorized that posture, head forward, shoulders forward, elbows bent, bent at the hips. And I think of my grandmother and how she worked in a paper factory, putting tablets together. Standing at the same spot on her conveyor belt day after day. Head forward, shoulders rounded, elbows slightly bent. My grandmother, who will be 90 in two weeks, has almost no use of her shoulders. They are both frozen. Frozen. What am I teaching my fascia to remember? There's some evidence that our fascia also stores the memory of trauma. So when something traumatic happens, it ripples through this connective tissue, this gelatinous, fibrous tissue with memory. It ripples through and leaves its imprint on the fascia, on this connective tissue. Dr. Bessel van der Kolk writes about this in his book. The body keeps the score. Dr. van der Kolk teaches about the rigidity that comes into our body as a result of trauma. And the ways that we can start to leave our bodies and live solely in our minds and in our thoughts and in our distractions in an effort to not be in the embodied experience of trauma and anxiety and fear and sadness and anger. Our body holds all of the emotions that we are trying to escape from, and so we escape into our mind. As we start to confront our trauma, our history, our past, we have to confront the animal of our body the memory of our fascia start to come back into this ecosystem of the body with tenderness and care. There are some ways that we can do that that are shown to be effective and safe. One of those ways is hatha yoga practice, which is a gentle movement of the body connected with the breath that just helps us come back into this body and this moment and to begin to trust it again and to begin to trust ourselves again. It also opens our fascia in some ways by helping us move our body in ways and in directions that we wouldn't normally move it in our day to day lives. Stretching fascia that's become thick and tight, opening parts of our bodies that have become closed. Bringing the breath deep into the body, where the breath usually lives in just the upper parts of the lungs as we breathe shallowly, and we often hold our breath as well. So yoga helps to bring the breath back into the body, to bring the mind back into the body, and to bring our trust in our own bodies back into balance there are many other somatic methods for dealing with our trauma and coming back into right relationship with our bodies. There are therapies called somatic experiencing, rolfing, craniosacral therapy, bowen work, myofascial release, and other forms of massage. Massage itself is extremely healing and balancing to the fascia if performed by a skilled practitioner. There are also forms of therapy like EMDR, or Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, which is a form of therapy that guides the client to move their eyes side to side as they remember traumatic experiences it's sort of amazing, but this has been shown to disconnect our body sensation from the memories of the experiences, which over time lessens our triggers and allows us to move through the emotions of those experiences without them being trapped in the body and becoming intrusive. Another wonderful book on all of this subject is called Waking the Tiger. By Peter Levine. In this book, Dr. Levine talks about the frozenness of trauma, not as much in the um, form of fascia and the body's memory, but in this energetic imprint that's left in the body after trauma. When something traumatic happens, there is an unfinished, incomplete experience the effort it takes to survive the trauma is often lodged in the body whenever we freeze or fawn in response to the trauma, which is typically the experience of a child because they are not strong enough to fight. And so when a trauma occurs, which is anything that's overwhelming to the child, and they're left alone with their feelings of overwhelm, the child cannot act out a survival response. And so that survival response is left lodged in the body. Dr. Levine's practice and what is um, experienced in somatic experiencing therapies and other somatic therapies is releasing that discharged energy by reenacting or remembering the experience and coming to completion with the experience. So acting out The escape, the survival, the fighting back that could have and should have happened in that moment to complete the experience. This is a huge topic and one that we could spend a lot of time talking about. But what really matters to me in this moment is for all of us collectively to start to really come back into our bodies and address the trauma that is there. The earth that we live on is traumatized. The soil itself holds the memory of genocide and agricultural genocide of the soil microbes and human genocide of peoples who are eradicated in the expansive movement of colonialism. And in the micro, our bodies are traumatized by the same systems, the machine of the military-industrial complex that has rolled across the earth. And then that system has echoed down through our parents and their parents and their parents. And so the same system that has clear-cut forests and dammed up rivers and destroyed indigenous cultures has led to child spanking and kidnapping of children from their families for in residential schools, and religious shaming of natural body processes. This is what we talk about when we're talking about decolonizing our minds. It's finding the roots of these systems and uprooting them. There is another way to be human, and it's not this way. But we each individually have to do the work of finding the insidious tendrils of this system inside our own minds, inside our family systems, inside our workplaces. And we cannot do that until we come back into our bodies and confront the trauma that is lodged there and begin the process of letting it unwind. If you have the resources to get help on this journey, I highly encourage you to do so. Working with a therapist, working with a massage therapist, going to a yoga class, practicing breath work, finding a a therapist who, who does EMDR. If you do not have the resources to seek out outside help, you can start this process yourself. There's a wonderful yoga YouTube channel called Yoga with Adrian. Her videos are fun and short and accessible for all people, and they start to bring you back into your body. They begin the, the bridge building, that relationship to your body. As a plant person, I'm a huge advocate for plant oils and body oiling. So infusing olive oil or avocado oil or sweet almond oil or jojoba oil, whatever you have access to, a safe topical oil, infusing it with plants that are healing to the nervous system, like St. John's wort or mugwort or oats or rose. There are so many. And then using that oil to lovingly massage your body every day head to toe. In Ayurveda, this practice is called Abhyanga, and it means something like loving our bodies with oil or loving ourselves with oil. This practice not only brings us back into relationship with our body in a loving way, it also helps us feel where our bodies end and the world begins. And it creates this almost energetic barrier around our bodies that's protective. And many of us have experienced trauma, and I think we all have. We have a hard time sometimes knowing where we end and the world begins. And body oiling can help us come back into contact with the envelope of our bodies. Our personal landscape. As we move through this life. One of the best ways I have personally found to start to come back into my body is to use my body to come back into relationship with the body of the earth herself. When I use my hands, this body, and put them into the earth, her body, and I make changes to the earth so that it begins to heal, and I see more birds, and I see more praying mantis, and I see more caterpillars, and I see more bees. And the does start dropping their fawns in this healthier landscape and raising them. And I watch the does raise their, nurse their fawns here. And I watch the water start to run clear. And I watch the bullfrogs return and the crayfish return. As this land comes back to life, I come back to life. Because I know if this sick land can heal so quickly, I can heal too. And so even if you only have a windowsill garden on the 20th floor of a building in the city, as that windowsill garden starts to flower and bloom, there's something in us that comes alive as the earth comes alive. We are meant to be in that kind of Reciprocal relationship, the plants are our elders. They have created the environment for us to evolve. And as we evolve, they evolve with us. We're connected, interbeing, co-creative, co-evolutionary. And by using our bodies to serve the body of the earth, we begin to trust ourselves again. And now we begin to trust the earth again. And the earth has never stopped trusting us. Even though we've given the good earth so many reasons to stop supporting our life, it has not. It continues to provide us with air and water and food and beauty and shelter and clothing And so when we intentionally join that dance, that cycle again, we begin to believe in ourselves. We begin to believe in our worthiness to be here and our ability to belong here. And in my story, nothing has been more healing than that. This weekend is a new moon in Taurus a lunar eclipse and Beltane or May Day here in the Northern Hemisphere. It is a time of blossoming of Eros or holy fire of love. It is a time of embodiment and incarnation and sensuality It's the time of the mating, the union of the male and female within us, and the erotic love between two individuals. This is a time that can be extremely triggering for those of us who've found vulnerability and intimacy to be dangerous. And it's also a time where healing is possible. And the invitation to healing is everywhere. My hope for us is that we can answer that invitation, begin the work, continue the work of healing the trauma within us, uprooting the colonial paradigm that causes so much suffering, and to remember that we belong here, that the earth has chosen us to be here that we are trusted members of this community, this web of being, and that we can trust ourselves to be here and to make beauty. May it be so. for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining.